Hello and welcome to another podcast episode. So many of you have contacted me about white lines, not in car parks only, but roads everywhere. Lots of messages from infuriated people. And I'm not surprised. We went to Arundel yesterday. Uh, When was that? Thursday? Yeah, what's today? Friday. I'll tell you the weather in a minute. Went to Arundel, past Swanbourne Lake. Have a look on the map. Swanbourne Lake. (laughs) Look it up on the map. It's 30 miles an hour all along Mill Lane, which is from the castle to the lake. As you then head towards the Black Rabbit, which is a pub, we didn't go there. We went to see some friends that live up behind the pub. There's a speed sign, 60 miles an hour. This is a country lane. There are car parks by the side of the road. There's a little lay-by place where cars can park. There are children around because that's where the wetlands place is and the lake and the boating thing. So there are children around. There's people trying to park. There's people walking in the road. It's a country lane, 60 mile an hour speed limit. I mean, who who did that? Someone's obviously mental. Someone needs therapy. Someone's sitting behind a desk saying, oh, we'll put a 60 mile an hour limit on that bit of road. That should be 30 or 20 even along that stretch of country lane. Absolutely mental. In fact, that's not at all unusual. Uh, There's a road up to Storrington. The main road, I think, is 30 or 40. And then there's a side road, which is a country lane, 60. It's the, uh, the white circle, you know, with the black line through it. So the national speed limit applies. And on a single carriage road like that, it's 60. So you've got 30 miles an hour on the main road, which is quite a wide road. And then on a little country lane, you, you turn off the main road from doing 30 to do 60 miles an hour. Absolutely balmy. Right, let's talk about the weather before I explode. I hate driving. I'm not doing it anymore. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Millibars, there we are. Atmospheric pressure, 1013 millibars. It's 17 degrees centigrade today, which is 62-ish Fahrenheit. The wind, my poor old flag, has wrapped itself all around the pole. <laughs> it's driven itself around the bend, up the pole. It's from the west, the wind. It was, it's been from the south all this week. In fact, the last couple of weeks, it's now sort of coming from the... Well, I suppose southwest it's coming from, and it is blowing quite strong. It's not blowing a hooli. What's a hooli? I've no idea what a hooli is, but it's just a bit breezy out there. But it's so warm. Last night, in fact, we were both, you know, we woke up in the night. Isn't it hot? Is it just you or is it me? Isn't it hot? And it was. I opened the window, the large window, opened it wide because we were so hot. I said to Trish, it's like a summer evening. Quite incredible because we're coming up to... When's uh, November? I don't know. Oh, by the way, we've already had loads of fireworks going off, rockets and things exploding at 11 o'clock at night. So more balmy people out, probably the people that do the road signs. That's probably them letting off fireworks. Not even into November yet for uh, bonfire night, which is on the 5th. But there we are. Won't moan about them. Let's move on and moan about something else. I tell you what, roadworks. We went to Arundel. It wasn't too bad going there. Coming back, absolute disaster. Road works everywhere. Why is it they'll dig up a load of road or widening a road, whatever they do, they're trying to make improvements, which is fine. So at the same time, to make matters worse, a little bit up the road, the gas people will start digging up the road or the electricity people or whoever. And then to make matters worse, you try and go down another route you'll find down there that someone else has dug up the road. Why don't they have turns 
Right, you dig up the road. We'll give you six months to finish your bit. When you've done that, then we'll let the gas man come in with, <laughs> with his spade and he can dig a few holes in the road. It was a disaster coming back. Half of it is caused by roadworks and half of it by idiot mental drivers who have no idea of how to handle a car, road sense, uh, thinking of other road users. They think they're the only one on the road. I was following a chap. The traffic all moved ahead at last with the queue. He didn't move. He just sat there. We're thinking, what's going on? And Trish was saying, what's he waiting for? I don't know. We waited and we waited because I, I, I don't like blasting people with the horn, but I was about to and he moved off, which was good. I'm not sure what he was doing. He was probably checking his watch or looking on his iPad or his iPhone or something, checking emails. Oh, look, the traffic's moved. Oh, duh. I better move on as well. Then another one coming up to a speed camera. 50 mile an hour limit, dual carriageway, speed cameras coming up. We all know it's there. So you just check your speed. You shouldn't be doing over 50 anyway, camera or not. So what do people do? Slam on the brakes. Oh, 30 miles an hour through the camera. 30. <laughs> So this, this van was behind a car that went down to 30. So the van changed lanes to overtake him because it's a 50 limit. As he did that, the 30 mile an hour one also changed lanes. So the van came back in, cut me up. Oh, honestly, by the time I got home, I said to Trish, that's it. I, I'm just not doing the driving anymore. I've had enough. I'll do the long journeys, Isle of Wight trips on our holidays and things. I'm not driving locally anymore. It, I'm just surrounded by fools. I'm not doing it anymore. If we need to go anywhere locally, Trish can drive. She doesn't mind driving our car. Or she can't just yet. We've got to wait a week or two because of her operation that she's had. Not allowed to drive for six weeks. She likes the car. I don't. That's another problem. I can't stand our car. I haven't liked it from day one. We've had it several years now. I just don't like the damn thing. <laughs> it's horrible. There are dreadful blind spots in, in the front, either side of the windscreen. Dreadful blind spots. You can't see a bike. Sometimes you can't even see a car. You have to lean forward or, or look round this blind spot, you know, where the pillars come down either side of the windscreen. Anyway, I won't moan about our car. As soon as we can change that, the better, I think. We used to have a Citroen Berlingo, which was good, a bit like a van. In fact, when I sat in it, because I'm quite, I'm what, six foot two, I'm quite a long, lanky sort of person, and I do need space. And the room between top of my head and the the roof was about I don't know 10 or 12 inches fantastic and over the windscreen over the whole length of the windscreen was a shelf and I could put all sorts of things up there my radios and things and a, a microphone hanging down you know so I could have a chat to people on the radio it was really good there were plenty of places to put things it was diesel was it Gordon Brown our prime minister of, of old he said all buy diesel cars because the diesel's cheap. It's a cheap fuel. It's brilliant. So, of course, everyone rushed out and bought diesel cars. I mean, we didn't rush out. It just happened to be diesel, this one we bought. And now they're saying, oh, don't have diesel. We're going to put the price of diesel up to punish you for buying a diesel car. But I did like the diesel engine. No acceleration in the old uh, Berlingo. The top speed was pretty useless. If you're on the motorway and you're stuck behind someone doing 50, you know, it's 70 limit, then if you're going to overtake them, you've got to leave a, a lot of time, you know, look in your mirror, make sure there's no one behind you for at least a mile. <laughs> then foot down, move out and overtake them. And the old diesel engine plodding along. But it's brilliant. 
never broke down, never any problems with it. We sold it. We got rid of it and went for a seven-seater car because taking the grandchildren to the Isle of Wight. Daughter number two had a baby, then another baby, and we're thinking, hang on a minute. <laughs> She's ended up with four that we took to the Isle of Wight. They've grown up now, of course. And what with us two, that's six of us in the car, so we got a seven-seater car. Otherwise, we would have kept the old Berlingo. Poor old girl, she prodded on. She was getting old in the end. We did have to spend some money on it in the end. I forget what it was. We sold it to a friend of ours and he wrecked it. He, have you heard of riding the clutch? You know, where you rest your foot on the clutch when you're going along. So the clutch was slipping all the time. And uh, not only was it slipping, but the, the thrust bearing was being pushed and in use. And it, oh, it just all fell apart. And then he said, oh, the gearbox has blown up. And I said, no, it hasn't, the gearbox hasn't blown up, Brian. You know, you've wrecked the clutch and the thrust bearing and the garage told him that as well. So he had all that done at great expense and then smashed the side of the van in on a, a bollard or something. I call it a van because it, it was a, it was fantastic. You put the back seats down and it was a van. Trouble with that is like the car we've got now, the seven-seater. Anyone wants a lift to or picking up from Gatwick Airport? Oh, I know who, do, Ray will do that. He's got a big car, Ray and Trish will do that. Of course, very often there's there's no room for Trish, what with luggage and people and stuff, so I have to go on my own. And then when you get to Gatwick, they've now done this five pound thing. You drop people off, takes two minutes. They get out of their car, grab their cases out of the back and they're gone. Five pounds. <laughs> what a rip off. Talking of prime ministers, I think it was Gordon Brown, wasn't it? Anyway, forget him. Um, talking of Prime Ministers, it was only a week or two ago that I said, we got a new Prime Minister, Liz Truss. Liz Truss is now our Prime Minister. And now we've got another one. Honestly, we are laughing stock of the world. We've now got, who is it now? Rishi Sunak or something. A new Prime Minister. Stone the rooks. It's hopeless. Absolutely hopeless. I, I have said to people that I'm not talking about politics, you know, family come round and they'll they'll start saying, oh, we've got this uh, new prime minister, what do you think of this? And what do you think? Oh, well, I think we should vote for this lot. I think we should vote for that lot. What we did a couple of years ago, we got fed up with it. Trish did as well. She doesn't like talking about politics because it's so divisive. We put notice. <laughs> the family come round on a Saturday for lunch. Okay, every Saturday they come round for lunch. And... I think one Saturday, all politics, people are going on about politics. So I printed out a couple of notices and I put them on the wall in the lounge where we all sit. No, the dining room, sorry. Politics free zone. Okay, you're not allowed to talk politics. And if anyone mentioned it, oh, talking of, no, 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 look at the notice. Oh, have you heard about that MP? No, look at the notice, politics free zone. We don't discuss it here. And, you know, it was good. It worked well. I might print some more. I don't know where they are. I might print some more. I don't comment much on uh, local groups because it, it ends up political. I, I don't want to get involved in all that. Anyway, we now have a new prime minister. I don't know how long he'll last. Liz Truss, I think, was, what was she, 44 days? Now, we've had this new one a few days. He, he might even beat 44 days. I don't know. Do you reckon you would do a couple of months? I don't think anyone cares anymore. That's the trouble. When it all gets like this, people just give up. I've known so many people say, oh, I can't be bothered to vote anymore. And of course, if you don't vote, then 
Anyway, I'm going on about politics. Stone the crows, that won't do, will it? Me go on about politics when I'm always telling people not to. I heard that Elon Musk has bought Twitter. Is that right? He's bought Twitter and sacked someone because they banned Trump. Again, that's more, more politics. I'm thinking of coming off Twitter. I went on there originally. Years ago, it was quite good because you get sensible news updates and stuff and it's really good for news news flashes and things have a look on twitter very often accompanied by photos and videos but these days again it's now got so divisive and people swearing at each other and threatening each other <laughs> so i'm coming off there i took facebook off my phone because apparently allegedly facebook is it meta now whatever they are they can track you wherever you go so i took that off my phone Still got it on my iPad because I don't take that anywhere. In fact, I'm not taking myself anywhere anymore. I'm staying here. I'm not going out into the world. It's horrible. <laughs> Roadworks, traffic jams, idiot people. Had enough of all that. I think I'll just stay here in my fully equipped air-conditioned studio. OK, my junk room. Thanks for your messages and emails. Several of you have said, quite a few, in fact, surprising, have said about cars you remember i mentioned all this in the midweek message last wednesday about people not having a driving license or not one to drive in this country anyway no insurance nothing like that people come across from another another country wherever they come across they get here they'll buy a car and just start driving it and as a lot of you have pointed out they don't have a license so they're not insured they just get a car and drive it and it's on a different side of the road from whatever they're used to, wherever they've come from. So it's going to cause problems, isn't it? I think this is one reason there are a lot of bad drivers about. And you get to, with all due respect, you get a lot of young drivers that have just passed their test. I like the idea of a, a letter P. You know, you know the L plates? Well, they do a, a similar thing, but the letter P in green. And that means you've just passed your test. I think that's a good idea because... If you've got someone in front of you and they're a bit slow or a bit hesitant or whatever they're doing and you've got the letter P, you think, well, that's OK. They've only just passed their test. We all had to do it. Uh, well, not all of us. <laughs> I think most of us had to take a test. Others just go ahead and drive anyway. But, you know, we've all been there learning to drive. So I think it's a good idea. You can forgive them for any little mistakes they might make. Just going back to youngsters for a minute, nothing wrong with youngsters driving you know they pass their test and drive but they don't have experience and this is what you can't get you can't get experience without driving for years to get the experience obviously and anyone new just passing their test young or old they just don't have experience i think the letter p thing should be mandatory on on a whatever vehicle you're driving certainly for six months if not a year you know so after a year you've at least got a year's experience of driving on the roads just had a 10-minute break. I was talking to a friend of mine on the radio. Funnily enough, he mentioned old cars. He had a, what was it, a Austin 1100, which is just sold. And then this other chap popped up. We were having a chat with him. His dad used to have a Vauxhall Cresta. Now, they were rust buckets. Do you remember in the, oh, 50s? I think they were 50s, uh, very early 60s, Vauxhall Cresta. Massive great car. It looked like an American car. But the trouble is they just rusted to bits. Cars did back then. Vauxhalls were known for that. 
In fact, it's a Vauxhall we've got now. It doesn't rust to bits. I just hate the thing. <laughs> Don't know. It's funny, isn't it? All this week, I've been having a good old moan. All the way back from Aaron, I was moaning. <laughs> uh, and the, the TV adverts, honestly, last night, we were trying to watch something on telly. There's the TV advert. There's that one about the mattress. Is it Octa Smart or something? I've timed it. It's three minutes and it seems it's like about three hours. On and on and on. And then what's the other advert? I can't remember. There's another three minute one. I just turned it off in the end. I had to just turn the thing off, the telly. I turned the TV off, watched the clock and turned it back on after three minutes. <laughs> because muting it is one thing, but I don't even want to see it on the screen. So I had a good old moan about that. It has, honestly, it's been a week for moaning. I've just taken my jacket off because it's uh, really warm. We've got no heating on at all and it's 22 in here, 22 degrees, which is rather nice. I'm facing north. It's the 1st of November, isn't it? Next Tuesday, I believe, next Tuesday. So November, December. Crikey, we're almost at Christmas. <laughs> oh yeah, Sainsbury's. I mentioned that, didn't I? Sainsbury's. I'm not going there again. Christmas stuff everywhere. I hate it. I hate shopping. Anyway, that's another issue, a moan for another time. But uh, yeah, 1st of November on Tuesday. So we're only a few weeks away from Christmas. What's this news alert here? No, nothing of importance. Now, I watched Autumn Watch the other day. Autumn Watch, you know, with Chris Packham and Michaela Streatham, is it? And they were saying about a false autumn because we've got plants that are growing. We've got all sorts of things that are happening. We've got the frog in the pond who's sitting there on a rock looking quite happy in the sunshine. I saw him, this, well, I've seen him every day this week as well as this morning. And all these animals think it's still summer. The plants think it's still summer. We've got what they call a false autumn. And the trouble is what happens is you get all these plants. There are trees still in flower, you know, cherry type trees or whatever they are. Well, not cherry, no, they've done, aren't they? Whatever trees they were, they showed on the telly. And all the, the kind of system of the four seasons is becoming mucked up. We've had uh, daffodils and things coming up before Christmas. That was last year, I believe, before Christmas. You've got daffodil bulbs, you know, just showing their little heads, their little green shoots, and they're not meant to be <laughs> here till the spring. And of course, then you get a severe frost and ice and stuff, and it, it doesn't do them any good. Things are warming up here in Britain. The, they say that the kind of Mediterranean type weather is eventually going to come up here. Well, that'd be good. We can grow grapes and bananas and stuff. Our fig tree has done extremely well. It, it is now a tree. I've got to start pruning it, actually, because it, it was a nice a bush type thing. Really nice. And it got bigger and bigger. And now it is a tree. It's huge. <laughs> And there are figs on it back in the summer. There were figs, but they're not ripening properly. I mean, it needs to be down in the Mediterranean somewhere, doesn't it? Somewhere, I don't know, Israel, down that way, you know, Cyprus. It would probably do well in Cyprus. It's just not quite hot enough here for it to, to make you know, decent figs. Do you like figs? I do, I like figs. So it is rather nice that it's getting a little bit warmer in the winters especially with the price of everything, everything's going up. Oh, milk now, if you're interested. <laughs> Someone was saying the other day on the radio, it's now a pound a pint. I don't know what it was before. Do you remember that MP? He was talking, this was a year or two ago, he was talking about the price of milk or something, and he didn't even know how much it was. 
And people were saying, oh, he, he doesn't even know how much milk is. And all moaning about it, well, neither do I. I don't suppose most, most people do. How much is a pint of milk? I don't know what it used to be, but it's a pound now. The old milkman's gone now with his horse and cart. I was watching one of these black and white films, you know, on the, or whatever channel it was I mentioned, I can't remember. Uh, was it, oh, the Talking Movies channel, whatever it is. And Basil Rathbone, who used to play Sherlock Holmes, he was the kind of narrator. And it was going back to, oh, Victoria times, pre, you know, like 1800 and something. And they've got film of horses and carts in London. <laughs> and there were traffic jams even then with the horses and carts or carriages, whatever. And it was really interesting showing the, uh, what was it, a rag and bone man. Do you know what a rag and bone man is? I don't know why they call him that. I suppose he collected rags and bones. He had a horse pulling an old cart and he'd sit on the top shouting out rag and bone. I remember, that shows how old I am. I remember that rag and bone. And you take out your junk. He would collect mainly, I think, scrap iron, scrap metal, because that was worth money. Old cast iron baths, cookers or whatever. And he'd collect all this stuff, a bit like Steptoe and Son. Have you ever watched Steptoe and Son? It was a good programme in the old days. They were basically rag and bone men. They used to collect junk and then sell it. And I think some of these scrap metal chaps made quite a lot of money. They'd take it to their local scrap man and you know, they'd get cash. All tax-free, of course. I suppose they were sort of registered as self-employed with the Inland Revenue. <laughs> Just given a handful of change. Yeah, that would do it in the back pocket. Cheers, Governor. <laughs> Only trying to earn a shilling, Governor. And we do have the equivalent, in a way, rag and bone men. There's a open back sort of truck thing that drives up and down now and then. I see it go very slowly past our house. Someone might have put an old fridge or cooker outside or anything. We had some old aluminium window frames replaced decades ago. And this chap knocked on the door. Those old aluminium frames, what can I have though? What are you doing with those? I said, no, take them. And when I did the radio repairs, I had old radio chassis, you know, the, the metal, all the metal work from inside. And I put some of those out the front. I was going to go up the tip with them. And this chap stopped and he said, can I have those scrap metal? because there were transformers uh, on them and you know, with copper in and stuff. And I said, look, in future, anything that I've got, I'll leave it there. I showed him a place out the front. I said, I'll leave it there and it's yours. And it was really useful. Any old scrap chassis or radios I had, I'd just stick them out the front and they'd be gone within a few hours. He'd drive past and take them, which was really good. Saved me going to the tip and it helped him, of course. So he's a kind of modern day rag and bone man, I suppose. I don't think he'd collect bones, though, if I put those out. Talking of the the weather being quite warm, it's obviously going to get cold at some time. I've been cutting up some wood, chopping up some wood out the back, and it reminded me of uh, the 50s when I was a kid. You'd see people in their back gardens, you'd look across the fences, and the, the chaps were cutting up wood. They're sitting there, they've got an old log upturned, and they've got their chopper, and they're chopping up bits of wood for kindling and for burning and stuff. And the, the coalmen will be coming around filling up coal bunkers because the winter was on its way. And some of the winters were severe. As I said, it's getting milder and milder here, isn't it? There's a lot of noise up the road. Sounds like some machinery. I don't know what that is. They're probably digging up the road again. They like digging up our road. <laughs> Not quite sure why. Is it in America that they have all the 
pipes and cables and things under the sidewalks, don't they, under the pavement. So instead of digging up the road, they just have to dig up the pavement or lift the paving slabs or whatever they have out there. And uh, all your stuff's under there, all your utilities, everything's under there instead of digging up the road and stopping the traffic. Far more sensible than putting it all under the road. That Autumn Watch programme I was telling you about, they had Lucy Lapwing on there. I don't think that's her real name, Lucy Lapwing. She is into insects and stuff and she was talking about moths. Now, I think, she, were there two and a half thousand species of moth here? No, it wasn't 25,000, was it? Two and a half thousand different types of moth. And she was saying that there were certain moths that she was showing us that have only been introduced to the UK in the last, I don't know, whatever decades, 10, 20 years or whatever, because it's getting warmer here. They've come up from the south, down, you know, the Mediterranean type stuff. They've come up here. Can moths fly that fast, that far? I don't know. Anyway, they somehow come up here and they are breeding. So it's definitely getting warmer here, which is, you know, in some ways it's nice, isn't it? Because the winters have been horrible. It would be nice to have milder winters. But on the other hand, we don't want to muck up the entire, what is it, ecological whatever system. You know, we don't muck everything up. Rather like our grey squirrels are in decline because... Someone introduced red squirrels. Was that from America? Someone brought over some red squirrels. And our grey squirrels can't compete with them food-wise. The red squirrels, for some reason, get all the food. So the grey ones are in decline. So it doesn't always work out well. It's now Saturday and I'm just going to butt in here because I was listening to the recording and I've made a, a mistake. A deliberate mistake, you understand. So can you spot the deliberate mistake? I'll just play this next bit and see what you think. What am I doing wrong here? They're putting uh, otters, isn't it? They're putting otters back into certain rivers and they showed you this otter building a dam or a couple of them building a dam. They put all the sticks out. Brilliant the way they do it, all the sticks. Then they get mouths full of mud and spit all this mud out between the sticks to make a, a solid dam that doesn't leak. Quite amazing the way they do it all. So, did you spot the deliberate mistake? I'm talking about otters. It's beavers, isn't it? I meant to say beavers. I don't know. I, I keep saying it's old age. I must be going senile. Do otters make dams? Do you know I'm really not sure. Anyway, let's move on <laughs> to insects. I think I've mentioned to you before, in the old days, driving a car at night, insects in the headlights, thousands, literally thousands of insects when you're driving up a country lane at night, and now you're lucky to see any. You might see one or two, literally one or two, instead of thousands. And in the morning, you'd have to clean your windscreen, your headlamps. They're all splatted with dead insects. And of course, they've all gone. Mind you, I don't think that's so much climate change. That's more all the hedgerows have disappeared. And of course, the insects are food, aren't they, for the birds? Anyway, I'm rambling on about nature now. Let's talk about something else. Several of you have been asking about my hippie days <laughs> one or two have said, what's a hippie? Uh, I don't know, it's a good question. What was a hippie? Uh, well, there's still hippies around. I think someone that just, I mean, I didn't go around saying, you know, far out man and dig and stuff like that. I, you know, I wasn't kind of blown away on drugs. Our little group, we, we weren't into drugs. I think we smoked the odd cannabis cigarette to see what it was like, but we didn't get into drugs at all. You know, it was a daft way to go. As hippies, 
we had long hair and we grew beards, of course, a full beard, of course, you know, that, I don't know why we had a beard. I think that was just, <laughs> that was just laziness on my part. Couldn't be bothered to shave. Just get up in the morning, have your wash and you're done. You haven't got to start shaving and all that nonsense because there weren't electric, well, there were electric razors back in the 60s, but they weren't that good. You're better off with the old razor blade, the scraper and the, all the soap. Oh, I hate that. My brother-in-law still does that. He doesn't like electric shavers at all, which I suppose is fine. I mean, there's loads of adverts on telly about the old razor blade type scrape shavers things, razors, whatever they're called. I can't cope with all that. I like to, in the morning, just have my shower, comb my hair. I don't dry it. I can't get into hair dryers and stuff like that. Have my shower, comb my hair and get dressed. That's it. Do my teeth. Job done. I can't do all this shaving nonsense. So we wore, what did we wear? Flowers. Yeah, where did all that come from? I think that was sort of from America, wasn't it? San Francisco, where the flowers grow so very high. Do you remember that record? Who sang that? I don't know. I think it came from America, all this hippie stuff. So you'd wear uh, flowers. Oh, then there were the kipper ties, weren't there? The big ties and huge collars. But the hippies, they just wore jeans, flared jeans. And I remember people sewing badges and things all over their jeans of flowers and make love, not war and stuff like that. <laughs> I used to wear hats quite a lot. I liked hats. I had various hats and I'd sort of put stick badges on those I don't know what they said probably make love not war or something like that I don't think half the people knew what we were talking about you know they just go on about making love and not war no one knew what it was all about anyway I mean, that was in the Vietnam days wasn't it all that uh, all that a lot of protest records and stuff about Vietnam I think that's what it was all about as far as I was concerned being a hippie was easy I didn't have to shave I just chuck on any old clothes, and if they looked a bit outlandish, that was good. Didn't have to, <laughs> didn't have to worry about ironing them or anything. Well, not that I did anyway. My mum did that, but you could just wear what you like. A bit like now, really. People, there, there is no sort of fashionable thing that's in vogue or anything. Is there? In the sixties, certain fashions, I suppose, like the mini skirt that came along, flared jeans and trousers. But basically, most people wore whatever they liked. And I think that's the case now. You see people, especially in cities like Brighton, up the road from me, it's only 10 miles from me, you see people wearing all sorts of different coloured stuff, different colour hair and tattoos all over the place. It's, they're just doing their own thing, which is, which is great. I don't like tattoos, but uh, the clothes, I think it's great. Pink hair, blue hair, <laughs> pink and blue and green hair. And <laughs> it's just good fun, isn't it? Enjoy it while you're young. Now, what was it, Ange? Hello, Ange. What did you say to me? I had my turn at being young. I think that's a brilliant. That was in a, we were swapping messages. And she said, I had my turn at being young. I think that's good. Yes, I've had my turn at being young. Now it's my turn to be old. And now I'm old, I can moan. Well, I moaned then. No, I didn't. Do we moan back in those days? Do we complain all the time? I don't think so. I'm just trying to think back group of us in the pub we've uh, all been to work it's payday we're in the pub we're looking at the girls I almost said birds then oops get arrested <laughs> and I don't think we moaned about anything oh we might have said oh a car won't start again I've got to go over the scrapyard and get a new starter motor but we didn't moan and complain all the time like people seem to now I mean I'm only alleging that allegedly 
they seem to moan. You look on Twitter, all people do is moan. I must come off Twitter, I'm fed up with that. Most people I know these days have short, your very short hair. And that must be really nice, you know, when you're washing your hair because it'll be dry in kind of two minutes. Just rub a towel over it and it's done. Whereas mine, especially, <laughs> I only go to the hairdresser chap about once every, I don't know, three months. I suppose I go there four times a year-ish and it gets pretty long. And of course, it does take a while to dry. Whereas in the old days, when I had really long hair, you know, right the way down my back. I wish I had more photos of the old days, the way I looked. I've got one or two, but in those days, of course, we didn't have mobile phones. Whereas, you know, these days people take photos. If it moves, they'll take photos and videos of it. But of course, my hair took ages to dry. And I did. In my teens, I used a hairdryer. <laughs> How about that? Email from Jenny, which takes me back. Uh, pre-teen I suppose when I was a kid she says did you collect wild flowers and put them in a book and press them yeah we did I remember doing that having a book uh, an old book I got from somewhere and stick flowers in it you know and press them in there and you forget about them don't you you know months or years later you open the book and there they are completely dried completely pressed flat and they look really good and I remember a friend of mine this was a girl at school. We were, I don't know, 12. She was well into this and she got a load of pressings, I suppose they're called, and she put them in picture frames, like a, a white background, you know, a big sheet of, I suppose it was wallpaper or something like that, a white background, big picture frames, full of these flower and leaf pressings and stuff. Look really good. I wonder how old she is now. Probably the same age as me, of course, about the yeah, early 70s. I wonder whether she's still got that book. That would be interesting. I wish I'd kept stuff from the past. I wish I'd kept bits and pieces, toys that I'd had and notebooks that I made. At school once, <laughs> we had to do a, a summer holiday project. Needless to say, I hated the whole thing. We had to write, get, get an exercise book and fill it up with a load of writing and drawings. You could stick pictures in and whatever you like, cuttings from things. And it was a project. And I did mine on electricity and magnetism because that's what I was into. So I basically just wrote a load of old rubbish, copied it out of other books because I had loads of books about that, drew bad diagrams of things, again, just copied out of other books. At the end of the summer holiday, back to school, dreadful. The English chap said, um, he said, oh, I've had to give yours to the science master because I know nothing about electronics and stuff. And I thought, oh, that's a result. This might be a way out of it because I like the science master and I think he liked me. And I went to see him when we were next in his class afterwards, I said, you got my project? He said, yes, I've looked at that. You copied all that out of the boy electrician. He knew the book. I copied it all out of the boy electrician book. And he said, I won't tell whoever it was, Mr. So-and-so, the English chap, that. He said, but uh, I'm going to give you 10 out of 10 for that. So he said, uh, we haven't had this conversation. <laughs> OK, right, it's a deal. <laughs> it's a deal. And I did. I got top marks for it. Well, no, I didn't actually. I got not quite top because my writing, as it is these days, was absolutely atrocious, almost illegible. But the subject matter, anyway, I got top marks, which was great. Well, it's now Saturday and I butted in earlier to correct my otter mistake. Otters, honestly, it's beavers, isn't it? The weather today, the flag is doing nothing. The trees are doing nothing. So there's no wind at all, which is rather nice. And the temperature, it's about... Oh, hang on, the flag's just moved. Isn't it marvellous? 
It's doing nothing. As soon as I mention it, it wakes up and starts blowing. A little bit of a breeze from the east. The temperature's nice. I don't know what it is, but it's quite warm again today. Apparently during the week, where are we? Sunday tomorrow, when this one gets published. Then during the week, as the weather forecast chap said, temperature's nearer to normal for this time of year. Whatever that means. In other words, cold. <laughs> Happy days. Got myself a cup of coffee. Just been over to see my mum. And yes, I drove. Only one idiot on the road. Two, the dual carriageway bit goes into one. So in the right-hand lane, you know, coming up past me, this chap's trying to push in. We're all just in a row. And this chap up front wouldn't let him in. <laughs> it's quite funny. The car in front of me, he wouldn't let him in. So the chap that was trying to push in was making all these rude gestures. And then he did this, uh, what do they call it, brake test thing. He drove off, so we're all moving, and he suddenly jammed his brakes on. So the one behind him, which was in front of me, had to stop quickly. I mean, I was all right because I kept well back. I could see there was going to be trouble. And then he all moved off again and he slammed on the brakes again. They do it deliberately, don't they? So uh, he's obviously mentally ill as well. It seems these days, every time I go out in the car, I come across all these incidents and people being mental. I don't know. I, I'm just pleased that I'm not going to be doing too much of the driving anymore. They call it road rage, don't they? Road rage. Saw another uh, autumn watch last night. I nearly called it spring watch. Autumn watch with Chris Packham and uh, Michaela and the rest of them. It must cost a lot of money. They set all these cameras up all over the place in the woods and by the river bank and there's all sorts going on. And they had a, a thing all about bats. Now I like bats. I want to get a bat detector. You can look it on eBay, just put in bat detector. Some of them are fairly cheap, but I would imagine they're not that good. I don't know. Some of them are very expensive. What it is, the bats, they you probably know all this. I don't know why I'm going on about it, actually. When I was a kid, I used to go over the woods and when it was dusk and I'd throw stones up in the air, just one stone, throw it up in the air. So it would go up and then down in a kind of semicircle. And the bats would come out of the trees, swoop down towards the stone realise it's not food and then swoop back up into the tree. And I was often over there in you know evening, dusk, summer evening, lovely, just chucking stones up and watching the bats come out of the trees and swoop down. Now they don't have very good eyesight. They use sonar, don't they? A bit like a submarine, isn't it? They send out uh, high frequency sound waves. They bounce off the object, in this case a stone, and it comes back to them and their brain puts it into an image. Very interesting. But it's a very high frequency. We can't hear it. And these back detectors turn it into sort of audio that you can hear. And I'd like one. And Trish said, well, where are you going to go? There aren't any bats around here. That's right. We've got the woods. <laughs> We've got the woods in the evening and in the dark. It'll be fantastic, especially in summer evening. That's the sort of thing we did as kids back in the, the 50s, the 60s. OK, you might think, well, that's a bit daft, chucking stones in the air and watching a bat come down. But we were learning. We learnt about bats because I discovered that they can't see in the dark. They use this sonar business. And also, I think I was far better off over the woods at dusk uh, on, a, on a summer evening than I would be watching telly or sitting there on an iPad or a computer screen. And there's nothing to stop me doing it again, going over the, <laughs> going over the woods in the evening, a summer evening, with a bat detector listening to strange noises.
Someone was talking the other day uh, about, we're having a chat about the podcast episodes. And he said, what's your best memory of childhood or or the most prominent memory you've got? And I said, well, school, because I hated it. But apart from that, what was the best memory? And I think it was going over the woods, going over to the pond, collecting sticklebacks and tadpoles and things like that. All sorts of stuff on the pond. Water boatmen, do you remember those? I used to like the sticklebacks, they were good fun. And the newts with the, the red uh, tummies, the red bellies, fantastic. I'd take them home, you know, in a jam jar and my mum would say, yes, very good, now take it back to the pond. So I had to go back, which was just as well because you can't keep things like that in a jam jar. So I think that was my most prominent memory, especially summertime in the evenings and the winter though. I'd go over to the woods in the winter in the snow and there's still wildlife and things going on this stuff happening but I never got hooked the way Chris Packham did on Autumn Watch and Lucy Lapwing she's heavily into the insects I don't know whether you watch these programs have a look on YouTube I'm not sure whether they're on there just type in BBC Spring Watch Autumn Watch Lucy Lapwing and her interest in insects started when she was very young she reckons that she'd go off in her wellies into the the muddy woods and she'd come back with a pocket full of insect <laughs> well why not it's great you know it's it's good that people do these studies into moths insects and even kind of micro bug things whatever they are it's good that people study all this sort of thing i don't know how long it is since i had that tooth out but by jawbone is still exposed and it is rough there's a sharp bit on it which is cutting my tongue I spoke to a friend of mine the other day and he said when he had he had four wisdom teeth out I've never had wisdom teeth have you anyway he had four out and there was a bit of exposed jawbone he said it took two or three weeks for the gum to grow over it but it was horrible it it hurt to speak and it's hurting me now well it's been more than three or four weeks so I don't know what's going on it really is cutting my tongue up. I daren't go back. I think I said last week, I daren't go back. As soon as he sees me, pound signs or dollar signs flash up in his eyes. Oh, look, oh, come in, Ray, sit down. How are you? Now, how much money have you got? Have you got your bank balance with you? I need to have a look. <laughs> I don't know. It's awful, isn't it? Then there's my knee. It was months ago. It was back in May. I think it's getting on for six months ago. I twisted my knee went to the doctor and there was no doctor there I had to see a paramedic and he said oh you better have it x-rayed which I did I then went back and saw the paramedic and he said yeah the bone's all okay it's arthritis or something you need a physiotherapist so I had a letter from the physio people 14 weeks you have to wait the thing is now it's really painful last night I couldn't sleep and my knee is really swollen so I think I'm going to have to go back to the doctor and hopefully see a doctor this time, not a paramedic. I sound like my mum now when we go around there. Hi, mum, how are you doing? Oh, my foot hurts. My leg hurts. My back hurts. Actually, that's me now. My leg hurts. My tongue hurts. My jaw is exposed. Jaw bone is exposed. My back, my knee. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? All this getting old business. I remember when I was young, older people saying, oh, my back hurts today or my knee's bad. I used to think, what's the matter with you? You know, you look all right to me. What's wrong with you? Now I know. (laughs) As I said, it's now Saturday and we've still got the same Prime Minister that we had the other day, yesterday. 
which is surprising. I'm sure by Monday he will change to someone else. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to end it here because my tongue hurts and my knee and my foot. And no, my foot doesn't hurt. My back, actually, my back's been quite good recently because I've been losing a bit of weight, I think. Take the weight off, uh, off all the vertebrae or whatever they are. So that's good. At least there's, <laughs> at least there's some good news. If you want to email me, I'd love to hear from you. Raiserant at protonmail.com. I'm going to have to stop now, even though it's only three quarters of an hour, because I'm, I'm feeling that I can't speak properly and my tongue is swelling up a bit. I'll have to go back to the uh, dentist. I nearly swore then. <laughs> I'm going to go and squirt some stuff in my mouth. We've got some throat stuff, which is like an anaesthetic thing. You know, if you've got a cough or something, I'm going to try and squirt some of that on my tongue. I did, what, a, what a dreadful note to leave on, isn't it? With that thought in your mind, squirting anaesthetic on my tongue. I'll change the subject just before I go. How about our frog? He was out there again this morning. I put my finger in the pond water. Do you know it's quite warm? I think I'll have to check the temperature. I've got a thermometer somewhere. I'll stick that in the water and see what it is. It's quite warm. And we've got several frogs still out at night. I look on the camera. You know, we've got a camera at the back of the house and I can see all the frogs on the lawn. Their eyes light up in the infrared. So there's still quite a few around. The rabbit's doing okay. He's getting very old now, but he's doing okay. The tortoise is coming up to hibernation time. I think I am. <laughs> Hibernate for the winter. That would be nice. Anyway, take care. Lovely to talk to you again. And I shall see you on Wednesday with the midweek message. Look after yourselves. Bye-bye for now.